The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bootleg Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Coleman, here with my wonderful co-host, EJ Snyder. And we're coming to you from the Garden of the Gods here at Caesars Palace. We've been here uh, all week, you know, working on Shrine Bowl stuff and covering Senior Bowl. And now we turn our attention back to the real football that's happening, which is the Super Bowl this coming weekend between the Bengals and the Rams. And... uh, not quite sure why Caesars let us do a podcast here, but I'm eternally grateful that they did because they saw me in the basement I mean, and they said, on. you need a better backdrop. And we said, OK. And so, yeah, we get to do a podcast outside at Caesars Palace and talk about the biggest game, the biggest one of them all. Uh, if you guys are in Vegas this weekend for Pro Bowl weekend, by the way, make sure to say hi. I'll be in town all weekend. EJ is going back to going back to the family tonight later after we record this but i'll still be in town but uh before we get into talking about the game i do want to mention one thing since we're in vegas if you bet a parlay in august that the bengals would win the super bowl that jamar chase would be offensive rookie of the year and that joe burrow would win mvp a hundred dollar bet how much do you think it pays out Enough that I want that person to buy us drinks or sponsor the podcast. Buy buy the podcast. Believe it or not, $13 million on a $100 bet. Even if you didn't include the MVP in there, which is probably the longest shot of them all at this point, because Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win it. Let's just say you only did a double on Jamar Chase Offensive Rookie of the Year and Bengals winning the Super Bowl. $100 bet, quarter million dollars there is some tipsy Bengals fan sitting in a house in the Cincinnati area somewhere with that ticket I guarantee you and they have a lot of money riding on this weekend yeah they're not the only ones but Bengals certainly not expected to be where they are we're going to talk about this as we get into it but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago we said if they beat the Chiefs and they go to the game they're a year early if not more than that. I think most people, when Burrow showed out when he was a rookie, before he hurt his leg, said, nope, looks like we got the right guy. We need a few pieces around him. You know, a year from now, probably be good enough to make the playoffs. Two years from now, 
we might be good enough to, to contest. So they're easily a full year early. And that's great news for the NFL. It's great news for Cincinnati Bengals fans. Um, but yeah, not too many people out there laying those bets that they were going to go to the Super Bowl back in August. Now, it's hard for us to talk about the Super Bowl without also talking about the AFC Championship game collapse by the Chiefs. Because there's a lot of people that argue that KC should be here right now. It should be a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. You know, the Bengals kind of squeaked one by. You know, you and I watched that game together after we were doing interviews at Shrine Bowl. Because for some reason, Shrine Bowl interviews were at the same time as the conference championship games. But it's neither here nor there, Eric. We digress. <laughs> we digress. Uh, and so we watched that game later because we were trying to see what the hell happened. I, I don't necessarily see that as the Chiefs losing. I do think the Bengals won that game. They didn't really do anything fancy on defense. It was a lot of too high from the start. I think they learned their lesson from the first meeting of don't play cover three uh, or, or he will kill you, which Pat Mahomes does. And, you know, the Chiefs were kind of doing what we thought they should do when they see a lot of quarters, a lot of cover two, two man, all that kind of stuff, which is work the quick game, run the ball, you know, have these long seven, eight minute drives, uh, you know, hyper, hyper efficient. And they did that in the first half and they put up 21 points. You could argue they should have put up 24 if they kicked a field goal instead of trying to go for it again. Eh, I could see why they I could see why they made that decision. I still might have kicked a field goal, but it's debatable. Either way, schematically speaking, they attacked the Bengals defense the right way in the second half or in the first half. In the second half, I don't think the Bengals really adjusted that much. They still did a lot of the same stuff. It was a lot of quarters, or at least a lot of presenting quarters pre-snap so they could leverage the crossers. If they called cover one, you know, they called one cross where they dropped a guy down to leverage the crossing route anyway. That's how they got that last pick in overtime. They didn't do anything crazy. They just did it better. And I think Pat, you know, started to feel the pressure from those defensive ends from Cincinnati, who are a great duo. Um, they got a, a crazy pick from Hill. Like, the Bengals' defense just flat out outplayed them and out-talented them in the second half. I think they earned the win. I don't think the Chiefs lost. I think the Bengals won. Yeah, I I would say it was about even. It's certainly not the Bengals lucking into anything. Their talent showed up, uh, especially the defensive line talent. And that's odd because Kansas City's offensive line all year – has been a strength since they started their win streak, since they sort of muddled through the early part of the season. The offensive lines gelled together. They have a couple of Pro Bowl performers, an all-rookie performer. Like, it's a very good line. And they started to feel the pressure. And strangely enough, so did Pat Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And that is really odd. As you and I rewatched that game, we're like, he's feeling the pressure. And it's so odd because Mahomes never feels the pressure. In the first half, he didn't. He looked extremely smooth, composed, was making difficult plays with ease, all the things we're used to seeing from Pat Mahomes. And in the second half, he looked like he did during that six-game stretch mm -hmm. to open the season. He was unsure. He held the ball. I, I said he went back into Texas Tech mode where he started to do long scrambles, five, six seconds after the play started. He's still looking for targets not ready to scramble, not ready to pitch it out of bounds, took some bad sacks, had a strip. And it's just so unnerving to see him play that way. And it was because that defensive line started getting pressure. 
The plaster on the back end was ridiculous. Oh my God. Five, six, seven seconds into the play, he still has nowhere to go. Yeah. And that is just odd. There's no other way to put it. We don't see Pat Mahomes play that way. Well, we don't see teams plaster against Hill and Kelsey and Miko that long either. Like that's their secondary played out of their mind. Yeah, it was really a tale of two halves. First half, they looked, they honestly looked like mirror images. Mm -hmm. they, they played very similarly on offense, both teams, but Pat looked so smooth and composed. You get to the second half, turn the page, completely different half. It wasn't just one play where he panicked or, oh, that was a bad throw. Play after play, he's starting to feel the pressure, both the pressure of the defensive line and it almost felt like the pressure of the game. And he he just seems immune to that. So it was very odd watching it. And, you know, on that interception, on that on that one cross call where Von Bell came down and cut the cross and, you know, Bates was playing over the top, you know, they leave the whole defender in the middle after they pass it off. Like it's, it's a coverage we've gone over multiple times this season because it gets everybody like Garoppolo threw a pick on it this year. Uh, Burrow has thrown a pick on it this year. Like everybody throws picks on this coverage. But it really started to gain popularity over the last couple of years because the Patriots were calling it against Pat Mahomes a couple of years ago, and he was really struggling with it. And he's still throwing picks against it, you know, multiple years later. Like, for whatever reason, one cross is a coverage that not just Mahomes, but a lot of young quarterbacks, they can't figure it out. It always causes issues. And not every team has Jesse Bates. That's true. You know, Jesse That's Bates true. played the top of that bracket in one cross really well. That's really what caused the pick. He was the interference yeah. at the catch point, the contested of the contested catch. Um, but, you know, enough teams have that good single high safety that's going to contest against a good receiver deep into the corner. Bell was in the right place at the right time playing the underslot, comes away with a pick. It's a huge play. It's game-turning play. Yeah. Um, but it is a coverage that does seem to confound – uh, you know, I wouldn't consider Garoppolo a young quarterback, but a lot of young quarterbacks and quarterbacks that just don't see it before they let that go. They still trust their arm and think they can squeeze it in there. And honestly, you could say it cost KC a Super Bowl show. Uh, why don't we talk about Rams 49ers? Finally got off the schneid. <laughs> Finally beat Kyle Shanahan. Uh, what was it, six times in a row, I think? the, the Yeah, the Rams dragged the Rams. a bit of a losing streak into that game. Yeah. You could say that for sure. But, they, you know, one of the biggest or the biggest, you know, birth Super Bowl on the line, they came through with the W. And I got to say, if, if you don't believe that Cooper Cup is unstoppable after watching that game, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, he he is uncoverable. And people are saying, ah, he's not that fast. Like, nope. Ever since he tore his ACL and, you know, he said he, he had to relearn how to run, so he learned proper running mechanics, that dude runs 4-4. He's a great route runner, catches everything. People don't realize he's 6'2". Yeah, he's built. He's big. You know, he's I, – I don't even know who to compare him to because he is a – he's a triple threat in every sense of the word. That's my trigger these days. Hmm. People say, oh, that guy's like Cooper Cup. I'm like, nope. No, he ain't. That's like when people say, oh, that quarterback's like Pat Mahomes. I'm like, no, no he ain't. Uh, people believe that there are more Cooper Cups just floating around out there that they grow on trees. That big, a lot of people think he's smaller than he is. Which mentioned he's 6'2", well over 200. Tough, smart technician, mm -hmm. great routes. Blocks his ass off. 
huge in the run game, really followed Robert Woods' example there as the sort of, hey, we got to do it all. And if you do this, it's going to help us win. Great hands. Yeah. Just nails in pressure situations, wants the ball, makes big catches, contested or not. Like you said, plenty of speed, maybe even more speed than when he came into the league. Absolutely, he does. And yeah, those there aren't a lot of those. They're unicorns. And so when somebody says, oh, yeah, he's like Cooper Cup or he's the next Cooper Cup. I, I It's kind of like when everybody wanted to say, oh, he's the next Jordan in basketball for a long time. I was like, nah, yeah, come on now. a lot of elements don't come together like that very often. And it's not a surprise that he won the Triple Crown. Yeah, he's just. Not a lot of guys can make Odell seem like a number two. Yeah, yeah, that's and a- he is. And Odell is like he's a number one for a lot of teams. Let's be real. Uh, on the Rams, he is the Z. He's the number two. He's the other guy, which says a lot. It's a big reason why why the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, they're not making the Super Bowl if they don't have Odell. No, he came in. I think hopefully again put to rest all of the talk about. He's cancer. He can't play. He's over the hill. Uh, all Ig- of those ignorant things. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it didn't really hold up. He hit the ground running, pun intended, in L.A. Started racking up touchdowns at a rate that was like four times as great. The as only one who was scoring more, or at least more rapidly than he was, was his teammate Cooper Cup. Like he's the only guy that was outscoring him. He he is a guy that absolutely. I think in a lot of ways, at least the receiving ways, filled the void of Robert Woods. Yes. And Robert Woods, they needed that void filled. They stumbled around after he got hurt, and they still won games, but they were up and down. They didn't have the guy. Woods was the guy that they could go to when they just needed it. Yeah. And Odell is a different player than that. He doesn't He doesn't have the same skill set, but he was a guy that is going to give us – on average, almost a touchdown a game, mm-hmm. and that gets the Rams to the Super Bowl. And key third downs, because, again, they, they love to run flood with a backside dig. That's, like, the basis of their passing offense. And Odell is the guy that runs the backside dig because it's always going to be open, and Stafford can always read high to low on the flood. You know, deep routes the alert. Cooper is generally going to be the mid-level guy, but if they're playing sail technique with a corner and that's underneath him and they have a linebacker that takes away the flat, guess who's wide open every time? It's Odell, and he's going to catch it on the run and get 25 yards, and they do that three times a game, and by the way, he's going to score. Like That's that's where all the production comes from. And like that is, that is how they move the ball through the air, and eventually you get tired of that, and so you overplay, and then all of a sudden Cooper Cup turns the corner route into a post route, and he's wide-ass open. Yeah, you when know. you when Odell forces you to single Cooper Cup, or doesn't force you, but sort of really strongly hints that you should not let him get those catches, they'll like maybe you, you maybe lose. We, maybe lose. we can sneak by with with Mm-mm. one one snap, not not just one snap of single on Cooper Cup. Go for it. It they're gonna make you pay. Stafford's gonna see it. He's got the arm to hit it. Cup's gonna convert it, and then you're stuck in the middle. You're like, well, we doubled Cup all game. Odell killed us. We doubled Odell for one snap. Cup got us. Ah. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about uh, you know how this Bengals defense is going to handle Cooper Cup uh, and Odell and Stafford and the running backs and all of that because it, it all kind of is woven together. I have a couple of theories. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm shocked. 
not saying it's going to work, but I think it has a, a decent chance of this being their base game plan, and it's not fancy. I think we're going to see a lot of the same looks that we saw against Kansas City in terms of starting in too high, and then if you do want to play cover three, you roll one down late because I think it's a little bit easier for them to uh, you know, handle all the motion in the Sean McVay offense, which they're typically going to be up there in the top few teams in the league using motion. It's a little bit easier for the safeties to key on that. And, you know, they, they have pre-snap adjustments to motion. And, and when both guys are, they call it playing from the table, where both guys are deep, you can do the late rotations with the motion compared to if one guy was walked down and then he has to follow it and kind of go through traffic and everything like that. It's harder to do. So instead of spinning late, they just have both guys play deep and then key off the motion. I think they're going to do that a lot. And, you know, again, the, the kind of basis of their offense is, you know, running from condensed formations. It's a lot of split zone. Uh, you know, it's a lot of, of toss plays when they are condensed like that because it's a little bit easier to get angles for that kind of stuff. And so I'd be willing to bet that, again, they do start in too high and then when they're running all that split zone where you got a tight end coming across the back to kind of seal out the end, I wouldn't be surprised if they just have those ends shoot inside of those blocks and kind of wrong shoulder it, as they call it, spill everything to the outside because those safeties, again, are going to be coming from depth with outside leverage to kind of then box everything back in. I think that's how I would probably handle it because you're going to see it a lot. Plus... If they do want to, you know, kind of get that slide route that looks like a block where they kind of set up, just imagine we're seeing two by two here, and they, and they want to set up that flood with the slide route and the flat, making it look like split zone, and then you got Cup running the mid, and then you got uh, Odell running deep, you can have the linebackers play fallback fits while keying on that slide route, have the nickel play only outside leverage, so that he can undercut uh, the corner route. The safety's over the top inside, so Cup can't post off of that. You pray to God that whoever whoever the one-on-one outside is can hold up, which usually is just a nine route, so we'll see. And then, you know, you could probably have the other safety then come down and cut Odell, which leaves Stafford with kind of nothing, to, nothing there other than like a check down to the back. That's how I'd probably play it which sounds a lot like quarters, and it kind of is, but again, based off motion, it can become a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. I would expect to see that kind of stuff where they, they spill and kill every single run, they're playing two high safeties, and they kind of take away the intermediate play-action game using corner or using outside leverage with the corners, and the safety's cutting everything inside, and then you just kind of force 10, 12 targets to a running back, and I'm sorry, if you're going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, with check downs to, to Cam Akers, uh, it's not going to be enough. So if I was a defensive coordinator, which I'm not, I would do that until they give me a reason not to. Yeah, I see the Bengals trying to play this wide because I think they're going to try and get into McVay's head. And McVay wants to use Cup and Odell a lot. And I think the Bengals are going to come in and try and make sure that he has to use Higby mm-hmm. and Cam Akers, and at minimum or maximum, if you're the Bengals, make Stafford run. Which is not, he's not as mobile as Burrow. So, right. and they were, 
a lot of the plays that the Chiefs were making against them was Pat running around and making crazy plays. Stafford can't do that. He's got a great arm, but he's not going to evade Hendrickson and, and the rest of the defensive line as well as uh, Mahomes was. Yeah, so I see wide pockets, a lot of pass rush, which their ends have been playing really well for the past couple of weeks. They're going to encourage that middle run. Right, they're gonna say, "Go ahead, I've got the edges. Come on, come through the middle." And Acres is gonna have to convert some of those. It's tough. It is tough. <laughs> they've got tough. good linebackers. They've got yeah. Pratt coming, and he's a very good player against the run and the mid pass. He's gonna be a real weapon for them. Has been for the last three weeks. But I think they're gonna encourage McVeigh to say, "Okay, we're gonna give you this. We're gonna give you middle run. We're gonna give you some seam to Higby, but we're gonna make sure the guys you want to go to." the guys that really run and power your offense. It's not just making you making you play left-handed. We're going to take away number 1, number 2 and arguably number 3. We're going Here to make there. Yeah. we're going to make you go 4 and 5 and you know, at base we're going to say, "Come on Stafford, there's a huge hole in the middle. Go for it." Yeah. Right? Cuz the more you can invite him to run and take punishment or, you know, four or five-yard gains, I'll take that all day against what McVay wants to do. And it's kind of what we saw, strangely enough, against Pat in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. right? We're going to make you play. We're going to make you take what we give you. Right? You have to beat us with Michael Hardman. Right. And <laughs> if you do that, if you take the underneath and take the underneath and take the underneath, we'll let you march down on 11, 12, 13 play drives. But we're not giving you Tyreek over the top. And I think the Bengals are going to play the Rams very similarly. They're going to say, we're wide. You don't get that great outside sweep that you want. You don't get all those big routes to Cup and to Odell. You're going to have to work underneath. You're going to have to work, like you said, running back passes. You're going to have to work to Higby. You're going to have to just do that over and over and over again. And when you get really sick and you look at the play sheet and you go, oh, Higby's got seven targets and Odell has zero, yeah. you're going to – McVeigh wants to put his foot on the gas. Yeah. And that's when the Bengals hopefully can make a play. Now – the guys on the other side get paid too. Yes. We just talked about Cup being able to win those one-on-one matchups and Odell coming through in the clutch. Like, that's going to happen sometimes. But if I'm the Bengals DC, that's what I'm doing. I'm inviting him to do anything but that. I just think the Bengals need to resist the urge to play cover three, which they love to do, because they have Jesse Bates. They have a great free safety. Why would you not want to play cover three? Because you have a guy that can get numbers to numbers. The corners aren't really put in compromising situations because they're not going to get beat inside that much because they have Jesse Bates. Um, you know, the linebackers get help in the hook zones. Holy shit, that wind is going, huh? Uh, you know, the linebackers get help in the hook zones. Like, they're basically both leveraged on the running back either way, so they're not going to get beat by option routes. It's easy to get comfortable doing that. <laughs> and I hope they don't fall for that trap because – it just it sounds weird, I know it does, but against this style of run game, it's easier to play it from too high than it is from single high because of all the motion, all of the condensed formations where they're basically pinning everybody and making them run into traffic. Like you need to space your defense out and, and not get out leveraged or they will they will gash you to the outside. So. And again, that's inviting that middle run, mm-hmm. right? You don't want either directly off tackle or those wide zones because that's when you're going to give up the big gains. You're going to say, run through the middle at, at Jermaine Pratt yeah. and Logan Wilson. Go for it. If your plan is to run duo at DJ Reader, you're going to lose. So that's what they need to make the plan be. 
Yeah. And if they have the layers of those two safeties back there, they can do that. They can yes. invite that middle run. They can give up five, six, maybe even seven yards a carry. Better than 30. Because <laughs> McVay's not going to want to stick with that. Now, if I flip it and I'm the Rams, I want to put Eli Apple under pressure. Yes. They need to find ways. Because, again, when you are in those kind of quarters looks, there are ways to force a one-on-one. There are a lot of ways to force a one-on-one. And if you get OBJ on Eli Apple, done. Ouch. Easy. Ouch. Easy money. Yeah. Uh, let's flip it around the other way. Okay. Let's talk about Rams defense, how they're going to handle the Bengals. The Jamar Chase problem <laughs> is still a problem. That <laughs> touchdown Jamar, he got. <laughs> the Jamar Chase situation. We need to talk about it. I don't think people realize that the touchdown he got in that game that led to the two-point conversion to tie it up. They bracketed him. Flat out doubled. Flat out doubled. Like Sorensen was literally sitting there on the inside. He's like, go ahead. Corner's playing outside. I'm playing inside. You got nothing. And Bro's like, what do you mean? I got Jamar Chase. I'm going to throw a back shoulder ball, and there's nothing you could fucking do about it. <laughs> this reminds me of the Avengers movie where <laughs> Tony Stark is talking to Loki, and he's like, well, we have a Hulk. Yeah, they have a Jamar Chase. Right? Yeah. We have a Jamar Chase. He's like, oh, you can bracket us all you want. We have a Jamar Chase. You can tell me I got nothing. I got a Jamar Chase, and I'm going to get a touchdown because of it. it it's – I'm curious to see if they kind of go, you know, the Belichicking route and put number two corner on Jamar and double him, which, again, good luck. He's made two big-time plays in the last two playoff games against, like, actual bracket coverage, and it hasn't mattered. Or – you put Jalen on him, and you play three over two on, you know, Higgins and Uzama or Higgins or Boyd, or, you know, the rest. I'm very curious to see what they do. I'm very curious to see if Jalen travels because they've done that in the past against the Packers going against Devontae Adams, who's the best in the league. They had Jalen traveling with him, even into the slot, and the Packers kept motioning Devontae away from him. I don't know exactly how how the Rams are going to play this because it is easier, quote-unquote, to hide a receiver from a corner using motion and using a defense's own rules against them. The Packers, again, have done that against the Rams multiple times. If they just say, okay, Jalen, you're on T. Higgins, A, T can still get a couple catches because he's T. Higgins. But then it just becomes a, a fascinating case study of, does Joe still take chances against the doubles with Jamar? Does he then start throwing it to Uzama or Boyd or Taylor or whoever? You know, does Mixon all of a sudden become the guy? You know, you get him on angle routes or, you know, you're running four verts HB seam with him going up the seam. It's a fascinating matchup. And part of the reason why it's fascinating is because I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to have to mix it. Right, Any good defensive plan against a really capable and potent offense, and make no mistake, Cincinnati's offense is really capable and potent and multiple. Uh, Again, you can choose to take away one or two of those options. There's four more behind them. Thoroughly capable. You've got Boyd. Uzama had some big catches. Pirine had a big catch and run Mm -hmm. in that game. Mixon, as we know, is is an absolute beast. He... He had the biggest plays, arguably, in the first half. Yeah. So you're going to have to – it's a gamble. We're in Vegas. It's a gamble. <laughs> you have to change the coverage and hope that Joe misses it. And that's rough because we've talked about it since his time at LSU, since pre-draft. 
Burrow doesn't miss. Yeah. If you come for him and you don't get him, he's going to make you pay. Yes. He's going to drive the knife in between the ribs where you left it soft. And if this line doesn't get him, it, a lot of this comes down to the line. And luckily, the Rams have an excellent defensive line, perhaps the best defensive line in the NFL. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, who doesn't get talked about enough, Leonard Floyd on the other side, they have enough guys to get to him. But if they try and they miss, Burrow's going to hit one of those five to six offensive options and take his gains. And that's the thing is I think the Rams need to basically play the run on the way to the pass early. <laughs> you know, that's like what, uh, what what Tampa used to do back in the day in 02. That, that was the old Kiffin the old Kiffin model of play the run on the way to the pass. They got to do that and just get after Joe. And if they get gashed a little bit by Mixon, that's, again, that's okay. Just like we talk about, hey, make the Rams use Cam Akers, make the Bengals use Mixon. Because what you want to do is basically establish a tone early on that you cannot protect with five. You have to protect with six. You have to protect with seven against our four or five or how many we send. Because the less weapons they can give Burrow to throw to, historically, the less effective he is. He is a guy that likes to have five guys out running routes. And that was one of the big changes they made at LSU when Joe Brady came in there was they started running a lot more 5-0 protection and having five guys running routes because Joe's a point guard. You know, he, he wants as many options as possible to stress a defense, create all these stretches, you know, give himself windows to throw. Like, that's what he, what, that's what he likes. So the Rams need to basically just say, fuck the run. We're going to go hit Joe until they start protecting with seven. Take away Uzama. Take away Mixon. And now, again, then it becomes Jamar and T and Boyd or, or Taylor or whoever against five DBs, and the windows get a lot smaller, and the throws become a lot harder. Like, the, the Rams' defensive line will be, if they win, will be the reason they win. Yeah, especially against the Bengals' offensive line. We'd be remiss if we didn't say... The Bengals have work to do on the offense. They can't block Aaron Donald. They can't block Von Miller. They can't block Gaines. They can't block any of them. They can't block the people they've seen all season. Yeah. But yet they're in the Super Bowl. And that's the thing is if you really want to sort of quantify the magic of Joe Burrow, you have to understand that it's been this way. It was yes. this way last year. <laughs> it's been this way this year. They're in the Super Bowl. Everybody said, ah, they're not going to be able to do it against their own division. Bunch of murderers in that division. Oh, they're definitely not going to be able to do it against Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram. They're going to get massacred. They're in the Super Bowl. Like, Joe Burrow has lifted this team. I don't want to say single-handedly because we just talked about all those weapons. Damn close, though. But without protection. And people are like, well, they can't protect. They know. (laughs) Like, they haven't been able to protect the whole season. This isn't new. It's not like Tom Brady and the Bucks, where, oh, now my all-world right tackle went down, and now I can't protect, and this is new, and I can't adjust. They've been playing like this every week for damn near two years. Yeah. So Joe knows what's going on, what he has and what he doesn't, and the fact that they are in the Super Bowl and earned it, it wasn't some major gaffe Mm -hmm. in the championship game, should be a pause for the Rams defense thinking, ah, we're just going to eat against that offensive line. The answer is, yeah, you're going to, but look what happened to all the other guys. Yeah. So who's your pick? That's what I'm curious about. See, you said yours was going to be a surprise. 
I said I wasn't going to bet against Joe Burrow. Oh, here it comes. And I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. You're going Bengals? I'm going Bengals in a very tight game. They've won a lot of tight games. Burrow is magic. If Burrow doesn't get injured, right, and it's very possible against this defensive line. I'm not saying they're playing dirty. I'm saying he could get hit a lot. He will get hit a lot. These are, again, arguably the best defensive line in the NFL against one of the poorest offensive lines in the NFL. He's going to take some shots. And we saw him two weeks ago take a shot in the lower legs in the first half. I think it was even the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And everybody went, ooh. <laughs> uh, and it was actually on a play that was flagged. Never should have got hit. But, like, if he stays upright and unbroken, Bengals in a squeaker. I respect that. But I do think that the Rams' defensive line is going to break him. I If they break him, all bets are off. I got to go Rams again in a squeaker. I do not expect this to be a, a blowout-type game. I think both teams have earned the right to be there. I just I look at, at how the Rams are constructed, and they are constructed to absolutely tear apart 5-0 protection, which I know the Bengals are going to try to do early, at minimum early, potentially late as well. I just – I. If this comes down to like, oh, it's a three-point game and the Rams defensive line gets to hunt in the fourth quarter, I just I, – I, I know Joe's magic, but so is Aaron Donald and so is Von Miller and so is Gain, like all of them. I just I, – I believe in the Rams defensive line that much. It is nothing against the Bengals. They're a phenomenal team. As you said, they're in the Super Bowl. They've earned it. They're fantastic. They should be an AFC favorite every single year as long as Joe and Jamar are there. And they get offensive line help. And they get offensive line help. But even if they don't, clearly that doesn't matter that much. But for this game against this defensive line, I think it will matter. I'm going Rams by two. I'll take I'll take Bengals. Spread doesn't matter. It's again, it's gonna be a tight game. It completely depends on Burrow being unbroken. He's gotta be Superman again. Yeah. yeah. He's he's gotta be a wizard. I think he can be. Is it? One of the toughest tests he's faced, I believe it is. I, nothing against the Rams. Their defensive line could mash him into the turf and make this a blowout in the first quarter. Or it could be another blowout in the first quarter like last week where he just pulls shit out of his hat the second half. Again, and, and the Rams have shown that, is it an ability, <laughs> a tendency, <laughs> uh, to, to boat race people in the first couple quarters and then – Stafford throws a pick, or as we talked about a few weeks ago, picks in bunches, right? A bad one followed by another one. Uh, he had one dropped against the 49ers that was... So, so this is not an infallible quarterback on the other side. A very talented quarterback with also a ton of weapons and a great defense. But even if it's 20-10 to 10 Rams heading into halftime... I'm still not feeling great about it. And I picked them, and I'm still not feeling great about it. Go get your popcorn and come right back because you don't want to miss what's going to happen if Burrow is in a tight game late and has a shot. I I cannot, in good conscience, put money on the table against him in that situation because if you say pull everything else off, and the modern NFL is very much about the quarterback, pull everything else off, Burrow versus Stafford, everything on the line, Eight minutes left, fourth quarter. Joe. Joe. I know. So I know. I get if it. If it's close, I'm going Joe. If he stays upright, I'm going Joe. And he's tough as hell. So He has to be behind that line. 
He wouldn't have made it this far if he wasn't. Um, so, you know, but if he stays what I'll call, you know, clean and functional, I I can't say that he's not going to win it. It's going to be a hell of a game. That's all I know for sure. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the preview. Uh, we'll be back maybe next week uh, to break the game down. Hopefully, like, the day or two after the game uh, to break it all down. And then I think we're taking, like, a week off to sleep and recharge after this season. And we got Shrine Bowl content and Senior Bowl content and draft content in general coming out the wazoo. Remember to check the Clips channel. We're going to have a lot of interviews going up. And if you're a patron, you're going to get access to those early. We have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of interview content. So that's going to be going up throughout draft season. Uh, yeah, lots to come here on the Bootleg Football Podcast. Thank you again to Caesars Palace for you know letting us use your backyard uh, for our annual Super Bowl preview. We'll be back in a few months for the draft, I imagine. Uh, and yeah, until next show, see y'all later. Take care.